with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to Think Again on Community Radio 3CR for our 186th program. Think Again is offered by Borderlands Cooperative. We have been working for positive social change for over 25 years. I'm Jacques Boulet and Jennifer, my usual conversation partner, has another day off. So today I'm talking with Judy Ryan, whose book You Talk, We Die, about the establishment of a safe injecting facility in her community in Richmond has just come out about a couple of weeks ago. Welcome to Think Again, Judy. Thank you, Jack, for having me, and I'm excited about the prospect of your um, your program, Think Again, because that's exactly what we had to do in inner-city Richmond. Yes, thank you. Several times in our program we have talked about addiction, about trauma, about the often hidden injuries suffered in earlier times in our lives, but those injuries staying with us for a lifetime. Last week, for example, Jennifer and I talked about uh, Gabor, Ar- uh, Gabor and Aaron Maté, their new book, The Myth of Normal, that illustrates how a toxic society is systematically involved in the creation or generation of harm and trauma. We also regularly illustrate in our programs how societies and the community's response to such matters is too often one of blaming and stigmatizing those who have fallen victims to these harmful influences and to the system that have caused or that has caused them. Just think about RoboDebt for a moment and you'll know what I mean. One addiction we have often talked about in gambling uh, or in our programs is gambling and we have shown how governments allow pokies and online gambling corporations, hotels and clubs to continue their harmful practices and make billions out of the victims. The coming New South Wales election in which regulation is a big item and the news about gambling industry donations to political parties are hot items in the present news cycle. Just to illustrate what I have been saying about addictions. Just a few weeks ago, Melbourne-based publisher Scribe came out with another example of the ambiguous ways in which addictions are dealt with in our society and our communities and in real life. This time, it was about drug addiction, its consequences for those who depend on them and for the communities in which drug-taking occurs and indeed for the whole of society. The book You Talk, We Die, The Battle for Victoria's First Safe Injecting Facilities, has been written and quite literally lived by Judy Ryan, who is in the studio with me today. So, to start off, Judy... Could you just introduce yourself to our listeners and describe a bit how you came to quite literally stumble over the issue of drug taking and its consequences in your local community in Richmond? Yes, thank you, Jacques. I moved to inner city Melbourne uh, near Victoria Street in Richmond and Abbotsford in 2012. 
I had been lived in that area before when I was a university student and I was returning to the area after my children had left home from northeast Victoria where we lived and raised our children for many years and we returned to Melbourne because of the ill health of my mother-in-law who needed our support. So I'd always loved that inner city area around Richmond and Abbotsford for the beautiful food in Victoria Street and the very cosmopolitan nature of the community. When I moved there in 2012, I knew that there were injecting drug issues in the area, uh, which didn't worry me at all. But by 2016, four years later, I was absolutely um, shocked and quite traumatised by what I'd lived in those four years to the extent that one afternoon in July 2016, I found a young man, somebody I'd recognised as a regular user in my laneway, uh, collapsed at my front gate when I was coming home from shopping. And it was it's always traumatising for non-medical people who are residents finding human beings slumped, uh, immobilised in really dangerous places. And that by that I mean dark hidey holes behind rubbish bins in public toilets in laneways with shrubs where they can hide behind because what they're doing is illegal and so when I found this young guy probably in his mid-20s and I you heart races you go and check their pulse you ring triple o you stay with them until the ambulance arrives you're in a heightened state of anxiety and stress and then the you know, the emergency services turn up and take over. And that day, this young man survived. He was bagged with oxygen and they gave him some Narcan, which reverses the effect of the opioid. Uh, So that was a great outcome. However, I entered my back gate, you know, about an hour after getting home with my shopping and I was just exhausted from, from you know, once you go into that heightened state, you, you and the come down is of, from the shock is exhausting. And I said to my husband, you know, they should do something about this, this overdose catastrophe that's happening in our, in our community. And as the day progressed and I hopped on and did some Googling about what, you know, safe injecting facilities, etc., and it just became clear to me that there was one person who probably needed to do something about it and it was me because I was the one that was upset about it I was the one that had had enough I was the one that was just traumatized by the constant calling of triple o and seeing the streets and our residents upset by by this um by this regular occurrence so that's sort Mm. of what happened Mm -hmm. Jacques and I didn't know what I was doing Mm -hmm. I, I didn't I was a relatively new person in the community and I knew that I would have to gauge how other people felt mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I know it's rather impossible, but could you just briefly summarise when you then started to your your act or activism, get the community together and all of that? What what could you summarise the major hurdles you needed to overcome to get the safe injecting facility established in Richmond in 2018? Yes, the hurdles. Well, there were there were a few hurdles. Um, Firstly, I just set up a new business and that was it cost me quite a bit of money to develop mm, that and mm. I knew that if I went down this track I was going to completely compromise that exciting new venture in my life. Um, I really had to determine um, and who – there were so many hurdles – 
how was I going to go about this? As I've said, you know, who supported it? How would I find out who supported it? Um, and and so it's a bit of a who, what, when, where, why answer. So that was who, um, what, and I had to become educated about this issue mm. apart from mm. just Google. So I visited the injecting room in Sydney to gauge a feeling of how that worked. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I had to start a group and I would have to hold forums to inform other residents about what this issue was. In terms of the when, I knew it was urgent, mm-hmm. Jack, because mm. it was this had been going on for four years in my lived experience, other people's longer. So I really, I really needed to get cracking, as mm-hmm. my mother would say. Uh, there wasn't a time to waste. Um, so where did, did we need a headquarters? Did we, how, do, how were we going to about connecting with people and holding forums? I had no idea how that would mm. work. Mm. And the other thing was why was trying to convince politicians who clearly knew about this issue, clearly for decades, mm. and yeah. yet... For some reason, nothing had happened. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there are some hurdles <laughs> that I had to confront uh, that day, and mm. so, um, and then as a just as one person, how do you yeah. mount that? Yeah. Um, and I was nervous. I was terrified. I thought, who do I think I am? You know, all <laughs> yeah, of those, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, human responses. So, but, but, uh, but your first steps from reading your book were actually going to your neighbours. Yes, that's and right. That's probably a really important point we should uh, emphasise a bit. How did you do that? Yeah, so my neighbours nearby, well, firstly, I decided then to, um, there was a local council election coming up oh, yeah, about three yeah. months later, and so I decided to stand as a candidate, an independent candidate on one issue, mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the supervised injecting room trial in our area. Now, of course, everybody's told you never run as on a single issue. Well, I did. And how what happened was I expected to get about 24 votes. Mm-hmm. Well, I was overwhelmed with the response mm-hmm. from our neighbours and fellow residents who clearly agreed with me that mm-hmm. this was an mm-hmm. issue. Some had came out and said publicly, Judy's on the money with this. It's really, it's a shocking, you know, human crisis we're, we're having here. But like me, they didn't really know what to do mm. either. So mm. that's how I reached out to the mm. yeah. community. But also I observed neighbours, you know, parking their cars close together so people couldn't hop in between them to inject privately because yeah. if they overdosed, then you couldn't get to them, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, locking their bin areas, um, cutting back their trees so people wouldn't hide behind them, taking the tops off taps so they wouldn't use their water <laughs> to mix their drugs. It was, you know, and this people just shrugged and said, well, of course, that's what we do. So mm. it, it brought out an incredible response by yeah. residents. Yeah. This is their lived experience yeah. and this is how they manage it. Yeah, we will talk more about it. Yes. Let us just catch our breath a bit and yes. listen to Archie Roach. overcomes us and we cannot find our way although we keep on searching for the light of day and we hear the children crying and we don't know what to do 
Gotta hold on to each other And love will see us through Let love rule Let it guide us through the night That we may stay together And keep our spirits calm Only fools Will shine the morning light Cause love's the only thing That will keep us safe from harm Oh, I cover up my ears So I cannot hear The voices of hate And the voices of fear And I cover up my eyes So I cannot see What's happened to this country That used to be free country every rock and every tree the grasslands and the desert the rivers and the sea yeah you know I love the people you're listening to Think Again 3CR 855 AM on your dial 3CR Digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about how a community in Richmond came together to work on preventing drug overdoses to happen on the street and to limit the need for emergency interventions by the ambulance of other or other health services. Judy, I told you that in Think Again and Borderlands we are especially interested in the community development aspect of this successful campaign you started and completed. For me personally, having been involved in community development and activism for almost 60 years, your book and the campaign is one of the best examples of the combination of different approaches to community development I have ever seen. There is political campaigning, there's localist developing our community work, and there is collaborating and planning with government departments and NGOs. Could you share your secret theories and philosophies about community development with our listeners, please? Look, it's interesting. If I share my secret theories and philosophies, they won't be secret. But I just want to preface my response by saying I am not an expert in this area. This is not something I've studied. It's just something that I've lived 
through necessity over the last seven years. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and it's in no particular order. So the first one is never one, one person can never do anything on their own. It's just it's not possible. So, um, so that's put that there. I think one of the most important things is to have a real clarity of purpose. I think people are attracted to something where mm. they really, okay, we really get this, what they're mm. trying to do mm. here, like we want an injecting room in our community, full yeah. stop. Yeah. But also that there's a measurable outcome. I think people need to aim for something and then go, yes, we got that or no, we didn't. So that was something that I would think was a real driver. Mm-hmm. I think we really, you need to have a committed community so, and I found that through the response to the um, Yarra election, that people came out and said, yes, I'll, we do this, mm-hmm. and there's somebody who's mm-hmm. named it and called it out, and yes, we want that. And it had to be inclusive. Yes. Everybody. And that included people who were not so sure, they were perhaps fence-sitting a bit, but they were very welcome and mm-hmm. let's go on a journey. Mm-hmm. We had to be nimble yeah, and yeah. flexible. So... We had to be open to any opportunity that would advance our cause. So, for example, just after we first started uh, and after I ran for council, I was contacted by the coroner's office and they wanted me to put in a submission to an inquest that was being held by coroner Jackie Hawkins Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and she had not heard from residents on Mm -hmm. the impact of the the deaths in our area and there were 34 in in 2016 alone so that was and I was was totally took my breath away because I thought well they've heard about the 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 Mm. our embryonic Mm -hmm. group and now they're wanting us to do something so we did that I think we you have to educate your people and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there was a lot of mythology about it you know shooting galleries for junkies all of that sort of thing so we we became educated. We were, looked at our evidence. I went to Sydney, the injecting room in Sydney, um, and up until then I just read about it on Google. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go and immerse myself and share that experience with the other people in the group, and we looked at the language we used when yeah, we were yeah, talking yeah. about people mm-hmm. who use drugs and, and for health facilities. Mm-hmm. We were authentic. We were mm-hmm. really authentic. There was nobody was a show pony. We didn't get a celebrity in. We just were ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we were respectful. We were respectful, respectful of people that perhaps had a different point of view and wanted to hear them. Mm-hmm. Um, we had volunteers that we valued. And I think you need, your volunteers are extraordinary. Everybody's busy. And if they, they identify themselves as being belonging to your group on this issue, they, their time is valuable if it could be two hours a week, but it's mm-hmm. still two mm-hmm. hours a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I followed up every person at every event we ever had to thank them. Yeah. So, yeah. We, But I also managed to get a database out of that too. So yeah. I'd always get Correct. their yeah. email addresses mm-hmm. and I'd thank them, and, and but then I'd get the database. Um, we remained independent. Mm-hmm. So we had a political party that did wish to fund mm-hmm. some of our flyers and mm-hmm. we as a group mm-hmm. decided not to do that mm-hmm. and we stayed completely c- committed to us being a uh, an independent group, which then enabled us to speak to many Doesn't stakeholders. Yeah. And so we, talk, we spoke openly with MPs, traders, residents, people who use mm-hmm. drugs, and we weren't – I mean, some people did think we were a very lefty organisation. Well, I think saving lives in street, if that's a left issue, I'm there. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just it's being – I thought it was being a human. It's, it's an easy pigeonhole. Yeah, to, that's to right, and it was quite frustrating. Like mm. The other thing that was fascinating about our group, and I only reflected on this later, was the diverse skill sets. Mm-hmm. 
and we didn't have one doctor or lawyer in the group, which was Ooh. fascinating. You know, there were people in the arts and music and performance and, you know, engineers and everything. But the reality was we didn't need doctors and lawyers because once we got going, they were happy to help us anyway. That's so right. we had yeah, that yeah, yeah, expertise yeah. that we could draw on. So they're probably my secret theories mm-hmm. and philosophies from my lived experience. I just think they're fantastic. So in, going taking from there in your local community work and your attempts to create or develop community because that was, was what you were doing, can you tell us what was the most difficult and what was the most helpful? So um, the most difficult, and this was maybe ended up for me being a perception rather than a reality, was I thought, how will I galvanise inner city and mm-hmm. inner city community? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we have this view of inner city communities as being detached. They walk in their front door after work. They Pro- close private. it. Mm. You know, and even these days with Uber Eats and things, people yeah, don't even yeah, go out yeah, to their local right. little cafe to get totally. a pizza and have a glass of wine together. You know, so we don't see each other on the street as much. So that's an issue. But that wasn't so much an issue back in 2016 when we, and 2017 when we started. But I had a perception because I'm from the country mm-hmm. and in the country everybody knows each other and, mm-hmm. you know, there's that sort of you work together and you're in a community for school groups, etc. But I thought I'd have to really coax people to support this issue, which yeah. I saw as something that was going to be difficult. Um But in the end, it actually wasn't as difficult as I thought, and that was because of the election. The election was a great catalyst for people to be able to say, yes, I want that. Mm -hmm. And so it brought them out. And what our experience was, Jacques, was that people enjoyed it. It, Mm -hmm. Whilst they came together, and we had monthly forums, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. they not only learnt, it was a very educative, but... They met each other. They met their neighbours. And we used to make little packages of information, flyers and references to, you know, bits of legislation or, and the coroner's mm-hmm. report, you know, as we ga- gained information, we could give it out to people. And we packed them up and say, put these in your neighbours' mail letterboxes. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. this was all pre-COVID. People got to know their neighbours. Right. So yeah. I think that was seen as difficult, but in the end, in the reality, the other real difficulty was convincing politicians. Yeah. I mean, I think, well... Unfortunately, our local MP at the time was disengaged with us, which was disappointing because he was a staunch supporter of the facilities mm-hmm. from years back when he became a new MP. But for some reason, I think he just thought we were rabble-rousers or whatever, yeah. you know, perhaps we were pigeonholed. But yeah, yeah. that was a difficulty. The most helpful was obviously the election campaign. That was really important yeah, and that yeah. enabled people to know what I stood for as, their, as a leader of the group. The forums, you know, we took people on a journey to learn. It was social um, and they were empowered. Mm-hmm. They were empowered to mm-hmm. talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not That's just right. making this up. Other people are living this experience mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. so that was great. Friend-raising events. So friend-raising isn't just about money. It's about we'd go and do a sausage sizzle, but the key thing, well, money is important because you need yeah. to yeah, spend yeah, money yeah, on flyers, etc. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the point is you do need to engage with the broader community. So friend-raising was key. And finally, I like the was, notion of friend raising. What's that? <laughs> friend raising. Friend raising. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Fantastic. But, but we yeah. did need a bit of dough, as I said. But the other thing was just addressing the myths and misunderstanding mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. this controversial centre. Yeah, that's and right. That was where my trip to Sydney was very helpful because mm. I could dispel some of that. Mm. And we had guest speakers who also at each forum every month we had somebody yeah. different yeah. who'd come and talk about it—the ambos mm. or police or yeah. doctors. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. The, the mixture really you describe is one of making friends, yes. relational work, 
and educational work. That's, that's right. That sort of sticks with me now as a hallmark of what it was that you were doing. Yes. Uh, as, this, as the work around a, sort of a second safe injecting facility in Melbourne has started, what would you suggest should supporters and implementers learn from your experiences and the experiences of the residents for, what is it called? Residents for Victoria Street, Street Drug, Drug Solutions. Solutions. It's Group. a hideous title, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it is what it is. Look, um, absolutely engaging residents. Mm. So um, at the moment there's conversations around a city injecting facility and it's all been based around the traders as yeah. it was in Richmond before we got our so, residents yeah, yeah, group yeah, yeah. up. And that used to frustrate me that they keep, Everybody asks the traders what they think and they wanted more policing and more CCTVs, you know. And mm. so we tried to address that and say, actually, hello, there's, we're here too. We live mm. here. So engaging residents in the city and there's yeah. a lot of yeah. them. Yeah, so that's absolutely important. I'd say take people on a journey of discovery. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, last week, for example, I took a group of interested residents from the city of Melbourne through the on a tour of the injecting okay. room in North Richmond. Yeah. Uh, which I'd encourage your listeners to do if they're ever if they're sitting on the fence too. I mean, mm -hmm. go onto the North Richmond Community Health website, look up the injecting room, and there's an Eventbrite tag, and you can book in on a Friday That's morning. Right, yeah. um, but the other thing is, I suppose, is the myths and, and misunderstandings which I've addressed that um, create a very negative vision of mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. of this um, these facilities. But I can tell you, living with people, wandering around your community and seeing human beings slumped, mm. that's not a myth. That's a reality exactly. that we faced. Mm. Give me a health centre any day mm -hmm. to that reality. Mm. Yeah. And also ambulances blocking blocking your, your roads. You couldn't get in and out. You, were, you know, could be blocked for an hour at a time. Mm. And there's all these precious emergency services mm. that are needed across the community. Right. And if somebody overdoses in the injecting room, they're bagged with oxygen or treated with naloxone right. by some nurses. That's right. So... Mm. Totally. You know, yeah. so that's the sort of, they would be the things, the learnings, yeah, as yeah. people say, that I would take out mm. of our campaign. Mm. It's interesting that you said, you know, first always go to the businesses because mm. we have that mindset mm. in our capitalist environment mm. that that's the most important and therefore that's where you go first, yes. the, the loudest voices. Yes. But I totally agree with you that probably the residents ought to be the ones... We've unfortunately come to the end of our, of our half hour, dear Judy. We, I told you from the beginning, we probably need three hours. We could have gone on for many, many more hours, really. Thanks so much for joining me this morning. And dear listeners, go buy the book. It's really worthwhile. And I will put all the details on our website. We are in the middle of the 3CR, well, actually going to the end of the 3, uh, 3CR subscriber drive. And it's still on till Sunday, the 19th of February. You can either go online, www.3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. Or your phone, 03 and press 1 to subscribe. 3CR has about 400 volunteers, covers an incredible array of programming content. We've got your radio, your radical radio listening totally covered. If you do, if you do like what we do at Sync Again, help 3CR by becoming a subscriber. So thanks for thanks to Judy first of all to come on a Friday morning at 10 o'clock and talk about important matters. 
and good luck with the sale of the book and good luck with your involvement in the next uh, in the next uh, injecting save injecting uh, initiative thanks for listening to think again on 3CR Community Radio with me, Jacques Boulet, and today with Judy Ryan. If you want to send us a message or talk about today's program, you can email Borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Just put Think Again in the subject line. Our programs are available by podcast via your preferred podcast app and on the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.